0: You are listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode number 22. Welcome back to our show about Star Wars, the new movies, and anything else related to Star Wars. It's been a very long time since we recorded an episode. Actually, it's been almost four months. But joining me today, as always, is my good friend Dom Bettinelli, who's been incarcerated on the
1: planet Hoth for way too long, right? Way too long, but uh, we're escaping Hoth. Uh, We've got the ion Canning shooting. Uh, We're heading to Dagobah. That's it. Excellent. (laughs) the warmest place we can find. (laughs)
0: It's going to be very muddy, I suppose, for a a couple of weeks. Exactly. For our new listeners, Dom lives in the area around Boston, which has experienced one of the worst winters in many, many decades, I think.
1: It's, in fact, officially the worst winter we've ever had. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Well, I am so glad that we're back to talk about Star Wars because 2015 is the year of Star Wars. It's uh, going to be of course the big celebration of the new episode 7 the first of a trilogy but also the first movie of many spin-off movies as well. It is literally a totally re- new revival of uh, of the Star Wars franchise in many different ways and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we where we're at. When it comes to Star Wars 7 and how we personally are also um, kind of pondering on on how to push forward in this year of Star Wars. And let me start first with a question. Um, since, since the last time we talked, I think in our previous episode, we talked about the trailer and about anything that we could gather from the trailer. Since then, of course, a lot has happened. There was a lot of news, also a lot of spoilers, rumors, rumors. J.J. Abrams has said that some of the rumors actually are true that we read about on the web. Um, how, how is your feeling about uh, the current situation?
1: Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny. In general, I'm the sort of guy who likes to go into a book or a movie knowing nothing. If someone can recommend a good book or a good movie and say just read it, just watch it, um, I, that's how I saw Forrest Gump. Didn't even know what it was about. Walked into a theater, sat down, and really enjoyed it. You know, uh, uh, the the Martian, uh, the, the the recent book, um, uh, same way. And I, I, I enjoy things much better that way. On the other hand. You know, it's something I love, like Star Wars. I, you know, I kind of want to know what's, you know, what's what's going to be about. It's been so long since the last movie, and since, and even longer since the last good movie. And So, <laughs> you know, I really, you know, I wanted to know. So I was conflicted, but I figured, you know. S- it would be a lot like, you know, the Phantom Menace and, and, and the prequels, you know, where we got some information. We heard about character names and maybe a little plot point. But right now, I, I think you could go online and get the entire plot of the new movie uh, spoiled for you if you if you read the right websites. And they're out there. I mean, there's a lot of the ones we've been referring to had all the great scoops. I mean, they literally have, I think, everything Available right now. It is it is astonishing.
0: I have to say that I've been avoiding those websites, and um, every once in a while, of course, I, I keep my list of, of of bookmarks and I follow a number of accounts on Twitter, and I read these headlines and I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want to read about that. I am I'm curious. I I. It sounds exciting, but I don't want to go. You know, literally like phrase by phrase or line by line uh and and i think the biggest uh, the biggest issue that um the makers of star wars 7 have been struggling with is is of course the leaked um, artwork which seems to be genuine i think they even tried to go after people that posted some of those pictures on the web that is kind of a confirmation that we were looking at the real thing but we were already convinced about that but in but then uh that artwork has become almost a a way to verify other spoilers uh, or other rumors and to say, well, kind of that, that matches with what we've seen. And so bit by bit it started to unravel. And I think that uh, must've been a major headache for, for JJ Abrams. But right now I'm in the situation like you where I'm like, I don't know if I want to read on and know everything about this movie.
1: Well, in, in fact, I've, I've heard or I read something that, if it's true, is is the biggest spoiler of all, and really, I really hope, I really hope it's. Uh, I I I, tr- I I choose not to read any further about it because it, I don't want this to be a like whether it's true or not. I don't want to know. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it, it, it it's a major plot point. It would be it'd be the biggest thing. Oh wow! If true. Um, and I just. I just don't want to go there. I just don't want to like, uh, you know. I, I, you know, we do this podcast because we're fans. Because we love, we love Star Wars and we love the story, you mm-hmm. know. And and I just, it's not whether the this this plot point happens or not. It's I want to enjoy the story. I want to be a fan first and foremost. And 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 I think about a lot of other people who might be listening to our podcast or looking for a Star Wars podcast. And I kind of feel like there might be other people like us out there who, you know, there are some people who they just want to know everything. They want they want the cheat codes to every game, <laughs> or they want the you know the walkthrough, and they don't mind because it's the it's the end that is the is the goal. You know, they just want to get to the end as fast as possible, and that's fine. But I think maybe there's people like us who it's the journey more, and so um, maybe they want maybe they would enjoy a, a different kind of discussion uh, from a Star Wars podcast. That's, that's definitely what I would
0: like to do is to kind of like shift to another approach of this whole uh, Star Wars movie and, and talking about the, 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 the state of Star Wars in a way. Uh, and I think it's because much more has been leaking than I ever thought would happen. And, and I kind of enjoyed our initial speculation where we had so little to go with and then just go on a, on a you know, just let everything loose and just speculate whatever we could there was fun in it because you you kind of already knew that 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 like 90% of what we were speculating was probably not going to end up in the movie so it felt safe right now it's very very different i from what i've read sounds so reliable so obvious kind of in a way um and there are two sides to this i i what i've read uh even the 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 rumors that came out after our last episode makes me super excited Um, uh, the 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 descriptions that i've read about especially about the first part of the movie some of the scenes um that have leaked out or seemingly have leaked out the way in which these different characters appear to be related um that fills me with immense joy about uh, the the the, well what the movie promises to be i think the story is going to be amazing um, what I love about the the general impression I won't go into spoilers here. But what I love is the 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 idea that I get that this again is classic Star Wars in that it doesn't linger on on scenes. It's not slow at all. This is going to be um, a, 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 a movie that will evolve at a breakneck speed, and we're going to be in different situations almost every three or four minutes. And, of course, that that is what you hope Star Wars to be because it it will be another two years before we see the sequel. So there needs to be a lot in there. (laughs) And and apparently they managed to do that. But on the other hand, I, I was getting so excited that I had to tell myself, you know what, perhaps I shouldn't be reading any more of these spoilers because I might get overexcited and I might get my hopes up. up too high and it will disappoint or I'll be at the movies like oh yeah I knew that that would happen oh wait a minute did they get rid of that scene that's kind of how I felt when I watched The Phantom Menace you know and knowing everything and then yes there was the visualization which was of course still a big surprise but if I could go back in time I think I would have wanted to know much less about that movie and that's kind of how I feel about episode 7 as well
1: well, and that's interesting because you know I think even now more has re- been revealed about uh, Episode Seven, you know, The Force Awakens, than I think may- perhaps we knew um, even right before Phantom Menace came out, and and that's due to just the. The breakneck speed when we had internet back then, you know, that wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't the stone age. So, but you know, the breakneck speed at which the the information is flowing today compared to then, you know, the we we didn't have your Facebooks and Twitters and all these podcasts and all these other sources of information. We had great websites like your like your own and 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 theforce.net and and but we didn't have. You know the mul- the multitude of websites. We didn't have Instagram photos from s- people on the set and and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. So it it is going to get out a lot more. And you know there's 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 so much more to, to talk about than than spoiling the plot. I mean there's there's the the trilogy. There's going to be the Rogue One, which is the the, the movie that's coming next year. Yes. I mean the uh, they call it the, novels. Call the, the novels. The novels. The novel that's coming out this fall, you know, the, there's a the, there's a lot of reference to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm thinking about the Star Wars Cinematic Universe that they're building, and all these different elements that can go into it, and it's very exciting. There's a lot to talk about, you know. There's a there's a lo- there's a lot to enjoy without having to spoil, and and you know, once once the movie's out, then well, then there's lots. There's even more to talk about. You know, we've we got we plenty can, of
0: time to analyze all those nooks and crannies of the of the movie and of the story. That's that's true. Exactly. Um, what I also think is that the whole, um, let's say, preparation of this movie uh, is is actually part of the show. Um, you have to think that 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 uh, Disney, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, they know how to build up a certain anticipation, uh, how to how to prepare you for this movie in the right way. Everything in that, at least a part that they can control. Is, is orchestrated, is planned. And so I'm thinking, you know, if I go too too much into spoilers, I might actually miss the fun of that pre-show in a way. And I kind of jump over that and I don't even see how how they are currently kind of entertaining us already. And I want to enjoy that part as well because it's, it's, it's no longer like it used to be in the past where all that kind of happened by accident or it was just like, we will show you nothing. And we will tell you nothing. Now, of course... They know how to make us excited, and I, I kind of feel that if I would just continue to read all those spoilers, I might get jaded and, and not enjoy the the process as much as I would if I
1: would just kind of follow, go with the flow, go with, go with the majority of the fans. Yeah, the experience of the movie starts well before you enter the theater, you know, from the from the trailer in last November to the even before that to the, the the photos that they would tweet out and they're they're building anticipation they're making it a, a, a true multimedia experience um, and and to be part of that I think you know there's you know they're the expert storytellers mm-hmm. so let them tell us the story we love so much in the way that they're choosing to tell it that's that's in, in a sense that that's that's kind of how I feel right now like you know when, when again. When they would release the cast picture, you know, the the first read, you know, then we could speculate about it. That's what that's in the spirit of that. Um, yes. Yes. But when things started to leak out, like uh, the concept art or or um, even some set photos, that kind of took some. Some of that, I'm going to I'm going to think that some of that was allowed. Shall of we? Course, say. Of course, of <laughs> course, of course. So, but 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 yeah, we're getting to the point where the, some of this stuff is just it's not. In, you know, it's, it, this would certainly couldn't have been you know, uh, released unless it's a massive misinformation campaign which would be very interesting and I'm not sure uh, that it would be in their best interest to do uh, to, to get people's hopes up in a different direction. But um, I think you know, we, we, if we stay within the, 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 the bounds in a sense of the story that they're trying to tell, we're going to get, uh, all of us, the entire community, are going to get a lot more enjoyment out of this, so that we don't end up walking out of the theater going, eh, yeah, that's about what, what I knew was going to happen, you know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow.
0: That would be a real a real shame. Although, again, from what I've read, from what I did read, I, I think everybody's going to leave the the theater just completely wowed. I think this yeah. is going to be perhaps one of the best Star Wars movies ever. I, yeah, it's kind of how it, it feels right now.
1: But if there is a a giant emotional. Moment in this movie. As again, I'm not. I'm trying not to yeah. spoil. Mm-hmm. Because um, I have if, not read that spoiler. Just to be clear, right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> otherwise I would have known. Exactly. So if there is, if there's an emotional moment, if there's, if there's a something that they're trying to bring us to, a re, some type of reveal. And I'm not even certain that there, you know, what it would be. But if there's some kind of, you know, J.J. Abrams is known for the twist, for something, you know, exciting in it, some mystery that that's going to be in it. And so it's. If we know that ahead of time, it loses its punch, and and you know, and then the, the you know, it's not as good. It's not as good for us. It's not as good for the people who've heard the rumor from us. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, it might be a disservice to to kind of put that out there. Yeah,
0: imagine if people had known that Obi Wan Kenobi would die uh, by the hand of, of Darth Vader in in the first movie. Uh, of of course, we didn't, but the the impact would have been so
1: small. It was like, yeah, he's he's gone. <laughs> I mean, I remember as a kid watching that, and 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 what a big deal it was to me to see, oh. you know, Obi Wan go down, and and I was you know, shocked, and it was emotional, and I felt what Luke was feeling. But if I'd known ahead of time, it's like, okay, so that all right, that's the part where he goes down. All right, you know, so you know, yes. moving on. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, what's the next scene? You know, I would have I lost that. In fact, even watching it now, it doesn't have the – of course, doesn't have the emotional punch. And so it's, okay, you know, I'm analyzing it. Okay, now moving to the next scene. And seeing my kids watch it for the first time, they're like, what happened? What's going on? Where did he go? You know, we, we actually had to pause the movie and have a discussion. Wow, <laughs> about really? We, we have to do that a lot. Because my kids are small, but uh-huh. – we often pause the movie and we, just, we they want to talk about you know what's going on are they going to you know are they going to be okay are they going to survive uh-huh. we, we had to do that several times in the trash compactor scene and <laughs> 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 that's amazing so I actually have to tell them they're going to get out because it's too intense for them. They're, yeah, they're again, yeah. they're like between four and and nine. So I have to tell them they're going to get out. They're going to be okay, <laughs> and then they're fine. They're enjoying it. But you know, like they're they're experiencing the this the emotional punch, the emotional beats of this movie as it's designed to reveal it, yes. as opposed to knowing it all in advance and not get really, you know, it doesn't doesn't carry the weight. It, it's one of the things that J.J. Abrams said uh, right from the get-go. He was like,
0: I I, I that's why they didn't want to just repeat what had been done in the uh, expanded universe he wanted star wars to feel fresh again that you didn't know what to expect you didn't know where they would go and what would would happen even to the main characters and i think that's going to be the biggest strength of this uh, of this movie and and hopefully um the press will will respect that and I've been actually quite surprised to see that beyond the the the, the fan websites and um, kind of the, the 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 spoiler websites, it this doesn't seem to be leaking out that much. People seem to respect that, and and perhaps it's also because in 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 other realms on TV, uh, when it comes to movies, we kind of don't want to spoil our friends either. And and if you would, it would have an immediate backlash, of course, because now on social media, well, it's social. So if you spoil it for a lot of people, and you'll you'll probably get uh, get some um, some pushback there. So yeah. I hope it stays that way.
1: Well, you know, and I've kind of been the guy on social media who kind of like has has scolded other people for spoiling things, only in the not not in the, like directly, but more of a in a general sense. Like you know, now remember, everyone, not all of us watch these things the night it airs, and uh, you know, I I declare a moratorium if we could have at least a 48 hour window. <laughs> All those of us who DVR the show to watch it before we start, you know, uh, not on every show, but on, like, you know, uh, what was it? My wife really likes Downton Abbey, and there was some episode a few years ago where something really major happened. Mm-hmm. And even when discussing it once, she's like, well, I guess I'm not going to be on Facebook for two days until I watch it. Yeah. And, and I've done the same thing where I've I've avoided social media, uh, um, like for a football game, uh, you know, the New England Patriots are my team, and if I can't watch the game live, I have to watch it recorded. I avoid Facebook and Twitter <laughs> until I've seen the game, you know, because I just I don't like being that that spoilage. Um, so uh, you know, it's some people want to be excited and talk about it, and that's great, but other people don't. and And I think with this my feelings about this was really crystallized while I was listening to a podcast from the The Incomparable mm-hmm. uh, the, it, the the uh, Incomparable Network, Jason Snell, the former editor of Macworld, does this great. This great series of sort of pop culture podcasts for for nerds and geeks, and um, and they've been discussing the the, the, the various prequel movies, uh, you know, going through yeah. them one by one with a panel. And but one of the things they said is is we have not, you know, we don't we don't look at those spoilers. We don't we don't want to know. And these guys are the are uber geeks like like you and me. You know, mm-hmm. these guys really are, are deep into their sci-fi and their Star Wars and their Star Trek. And uh, and I'm like, you know, and they explain their their reason, which is similar to what we've been talking about. I'm like, you know, they're right, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's if that. I think that's kind of where I am. I'm at, and yeah. maybe that's why <laughs> we haven't had a podcast in four months is because you're trying to figure out well, where do we go from here? Uh, yes. and, and that's that's a big part of it. I think one of the
0: directions, uh, if you shift gears here, is uh, in, in which we could take this show. Is the title of the show is the secrets of Star Wars. And it's not the first show that we produced with that title, The Secrets Of. Um, and kind of the, the perspective that we've al- always taken in these shows was, well, let's, let's look at the deeper layers, at the fundamental themes in here, uh, the mythology, um, the, the, the fundamental archety- ar- archetypical relationships in there, uh, the philosophical, the religious aspects of it, and then just kind of like try to dig up those extra layers um, see where the inspiration from the stories come from and then of course you can also project that on, on the future movies because that's certainly it, it, those deeper layers are I think what constitutes Star Wars and, and takes it to um, it, it's what makes Star Wars so universally loved I think it's, it's those, those resonances with, with uh, religion with uh, these deeper themes that are so recognizable for almost any culture so that could be, I think, an interesting approach. And, and just, for for instance, take a theme per episode. Um, I don't know, father and son relations, um, forgiveness, redemption. And then we can also speculate about how this is going to be part of the future of Star Wars and how it's part of the novels that will come out, et cetera, et cetera, but without using the spoilers. And I right. think that, that could be an interesting way to kind of tie um, what constitutes the kind of the pillars, the storytelling pillars of, of Star Wars um, to um, to what what comes next.
1: I think that's a good idea. I think, uh, you know, especially since we've also got uh, other canonical sources, things that haven't been cast aside, like the Clone Wars and Star Wars, the new Star Wars Rebels uh, animated series and some other things that can also, they also have these themes. Absolutely. And, and Star Wars Rebels definitely has had uh, some of these these. these classic star wars themes in it mm-hmm. which would be a great discussion
0: no absolutely and i think it, it it will also help us to kind of widen our the scope of our discussion because we love anything star wars but we've been very laser focused that's perhaps a very appropriate word laser focused on on a star wars 7 and on the plot but i i think there's there's much more to star wars than just the story of the, the upcoming movie and and it might have the additional benefit of making the uh, the episodes of this show a little bit more, let's say, uh, giving giving it a longer shelf life because those themes are are kind of long lasting part of, of the Star Wars universe. It it does mean that we have to do more homework, I think,
1: yes. and
0: really study our our material, do our you know our our uh, examinations. Yeah. And,
1: I'll have to watch Star Wars again. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, have to. <laughs> that's kind of a downside. Yes. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit
0: about the non-spoiler news that came out in the past four months already, or almost four months since we've recorded our last podcast. And for me, the biggest news, which is quite recent, is uh, the new Star Wars novels that come out. Um, And apparently this has been in the planning for a long time. These are all canon stories. So uh, we now know which which stories are going to be an integral part of this Star Wars universe? Which, apparently, from what I, from what I've gathered, is going to be very similar to what they do with the Marvel movies. So instead of of creating like different closed universes, like uh, what DC does. Where the, where the movie universe is completely separate and independent from the television uh, uh, universe and, and, and the different comic book universes, uh, Disney is trying with Star Wars to create a continuous storyline and a coherent history. And that makes every new uh, addition to this timeline, of course, super important and uh, you can bet that they will give it a lot of thought before they introduce characters or themes because it has to kind of be part of the fabric of, of the you know the entire historical fabric of this uh, of this uh, universe so we've we've uh, we've heard about a number of books um and we also have um i found a graphic which apparently is scanned in from one of the um um one of the books or the publicity material, I think, around one of those novels, and it shows you how these stories tie in with um, the rest of the of the saga. And um, I, I I have like uh, forty tabs open <laughs> in preparation for this show, but there is one story that is going to bridge the gap between. Um, uh, return of the Jedi and the and uh, the force awakens and that novel is called aftermath but it's not the f- it's not the only story um, there is going to be uh, a novel that's called the dark or dark disciple and that is uh, inserted in the timeline between uh, episode 2 and episode three following the events in Clone Wars um, so Dark Disciple we also have descriptions of what these stories are going to be about and so the Dark Disciple um, tells the story of um, uh, two um, force sensitive people one is a Jedi knight Quin, uh, Quinlan Vos and there is a former Sith acolyte uh, Asai Ventress which I think is from the, from the Clone Wars isn't she she is, definitely. I do recognize her from the card game, the Topps um, iOS card game that just came out. <laughs> you have a lot of virtual cards that you can trade with other people, and there are some characters in there. Because I haven't watched the, the entire run of Clone Wars, so sometimes I'm like, who is this character? And Yeah, it's got to be Clone Wars, it's got to be Star Wars Rebels.
1: There's actually a Sith in that, too, which is interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and then... Uh, so they team up... Uh, but I don't think that this has a lot of bearing on, on the future movies, um, un- unless some of those movies take place in, in that same time frame. Um, and just reading through the summary, it, it feels like this, could, yeah, definitely part of the of the Clone Wars storytelling style in a way.
1: In fact, I think it's uh, it was based on scripts that were written for the Clone Wars, but never actually ended up being produced before the show was canceled. That's so. what I've heard too, yes. Which of course is is good because that makes it even you know more integrated with uh, what they did in um, in Clone Wars. Then the there is thing about this book is the cover is very different from other Star Wars novels. It's less um, cartoon, less or even realistic. It's got this sort of uh, uh, grunge art sort of feel to it. It's very different. It feels interesting. Oh wow! I hadn't even seen the the cover yet. <laughs> um. Then we've got
0: um, Lords of the Sith. And this is, a, uh, this is a story that's inserted between the third movie, Revenge of the Sith, and A New Hope. And it focuses on the relationship between uh, the Emperor, uh, Darth Sidious, and Darth Vader. Um, because, of course, when the first trilogy was over, the only thing we knew was that, well, that's how Darth Vader got his costume, right? And uh, but we... We don't learn much about um, how these two Sith Lords have have evolved in, in their relationship. Uh, well, this story is trying to tell that um, by letting both the Emperor and Darth Vader be stranded uh, on an his, uh, inhospitable planet and they have to rely on each other, on the force and on their own ruthlessness to, uh, to prevail. So... I, I wonder how they're going to tell this story because it's it kind of sounds like something that could go wrong as well, like a buddy story
1: where
0: <laughs> Darth Vader and Darth Sidious are are camping out and and barbecuing um, uh, slugs or something like that to survive.
1: They have three days to get from Vegas to New York. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a Sith Lord. Get me out of here.
1: <laughs> well, you know the interesting thing is is at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith uh, that the the Darth Vader we have there is a f- so very different from the Darth Vader in a new hope mm-hmm. the, you know there's a there's a what an 18-year gap you know about thereabouts the about the age of of Luke uh, and Leia uh, so what what turns it from this emotionally fragile boy man to the supremely confident and ruthless dark Lord I mean even at the end of Revenge of the Sith Anakin wasn't You know, ruthlessly embracing evil so much as had stumbled into it through his own insecurity, and some of that is the poor writing of *Revenge of the Sith*. Uh, But so, so how does this? I'm very interested in how this author will connect that Darth Vader to the Darth Vader that we we know and love to hate uh, so much in, in *A New Hope*. It'll be very interesting to see yeah it's, it's going to be I think uh,
0: must this must be very challenging but also a, a great opportunity to write because you well you don't have to take into account the uh, expanded universe and there is a lot of uh, room for character development here and, yeah. and 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 plus you know that since this is part of the canon it will influence the way in which we will perceive the the relationship between Darth Vader and Darth City is in the movies, in the existing movies and that must always be fantastic to do, to know that with your story, you're going to enhance people's experience of the existing trilogy that,
1: That's right, that's that's one of the, the great aspects of, of when of setting this in between the movies is because you're now adding to them you're, 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 you're making, you know you're sort of uh, building a foundation you're making it better, that's, that's so great the other uh, novel that was announced also
0: makes me very curious and it's called Tarkin and it's going to explore the character of Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, and that, of course, I think is is extremely important because Tarkin is a strong character. I was always surprised as a kid that he seems to be more powerful than Darth Vader. He, he treats Darth Vader as his acolyte. So, Vader, stop that! And Vader stops. and just like... What? <laughs> Who is this guy? And then he dies in the first movie and you you barely get to know him.
1: Right.
0: Of course, Peter Cunningham played um, uh, Tarkin, uh, I think died after the first movie, didn't he?
1: Or- uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure when he died. But, uh, Peter, Let me look up Peter Cushing real quick. But... Uh, you know, the, the, it's interesting. Uh, have you been able to see the Star Wars Rebels series? Mm, I've seen part of it because it's not entirely out here in, uh, in
0: Europe. So it's it's kind of difficult to get to those episodes. But I've seen the first, let's say, eight
2: episodes, I think.
1: I love it. So it's, it's a very short se- uh, season. Uh, it's probably like two more episodes. And oh, at the okay. end of the season, without spoiling, um, Tarkin shows up. Ah, nice. And so it's very interesting. Uh, he actually died in 1994. So he, he, hmm. he he's... It was around through the the run of the first the first uh, trilogy, but um, but so Tarkin shows up and it's interesting. They they the characterization of Tarkin in Star Wars Rebels is, mm-hmm. is very good. And again, since it's canon, uh, will you know th- this is obviously going to be developing the character that we're going to see in this in you know in this novel. Uh, it he is a fascinating character. I mean, this is yeah one of the one of the 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 Grand Moths that the Emperor relies on to. To bring his will to the outer rim, you know the the Senate is dissolved, and uh, and people like Tarkin will be directly ruling, you know the 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 systems. Uh, I mean, it's a it's an interesting, fascinating character. He has no fear of Vader. Um, you know, wh- where does he come from? What's you know, how did yeah. he get here? That's a it's a it's a fascinating uh, story idea. And it's not just the the character of Tarkin um, that we might get
0: get to know a little bit better, which in itself is already. I think great because again it will enhance uh, his presence in in uh, in Star Wars four, but it might also show us a little bit more how the Empire was ruling over the galaxy, how how what kind of politics they employed, and that could be uh, interesting for um, the the time that leads up to Episode seven, because of course. The big question is: What remains of the empire? We know that there are stormtroopers uh, in in uh, in Episode Seven. I'm not spoiling anything because that was released, and so uh, clearly there are remnants of the empire. And so, what does the story of Tarkin tell us about the expansion of of uh, uh, of the empire? And um, it might give us some clues. It might even show us some planets that will show up also in the backstory of episode seven.
1: You know, a lot of the novels we've, we've, we've received already. And I used to read a lot of the, the, the Star Wars novels, the expanding universe right up to, uh, uh, about, uh, 10 years ago. I think it was the last time I read one, Mm -hmm. but all the novels they've, they've focused either on the, the rebel slash new Republic or on the Sith but we don't get a we. I don't think we've had any from the point of view of just regular imperials, mm-hmm. you know, regular folks from the empire. You know, what's their motivation? Why do they do it? I mean, we had the 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 uh, the the Timothy Zahn books that were the first three Expanded universe novels. Yes. Um, which, from Grand Admiral Thrawn, who was an Imperial officer, but but he, even that was he was an unusual character. Not he was not a, a human uh, character, where the Empire seems to be peculiarly um, uh, built around human beings in the, in that galaxy. So. Um, it's it'll be interesting to see you know from the point of view of imperials like you say how did the empire work you know who who you know who are these people who joined up with the empire and became part of this machine yeah um, it's almost like a fascinating look into again I mean the obvious parallel into the into the Nazis of World War Two mm-hmm. you know who are these people why did they join this this Nazi machine with these kind
0: of stories they could even introduce new genres to the Star Wars fabric. Um, mm-hmm you could, you could take certain war stories for instance or uh, perhaps even like historical how would you say that historical novels in, in a fictional universe of course but there are interesting uh, opportunities there and of course who knows this might also be uh related to some of the future s- s- um uh, spin-off movies that we'll get to see because we know that some of those spin-off movies might take place in, th- in this very same time
1: frame so right, they lots and lots of opportunities. Post Return of the Jedi, or you know, the the time frame of Force Awakens, they can be the past, they can be the present, the future. The, the there's no limit on that. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: another title of a novel that we will see this year is A New Dawn. Um, the new A New Dawn takes place um, right after the time frame of. Tarkin and and of course the title kind of already hints at uh, A New Hope <laughs> um, but this one precedes the time frame of the Rebels television series so of course that is going to be v- super exciting for the fans of uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, because it will give you a little bit more backstory on how we get to the situation that Star Wars Rebels uh, begins with and um, this is set during the legendary dark times between Episodes 3 and 4, and tells the story of how two of the lead characters from the animated series Star Wars Rebels first came to cross paths. Then we've got Heir to the Jedi, uh, which sounds a familiar like a familiar title, but I was thinking of Heir, Heir to the Empire, which was one of the novels,
1: actually one of the great ones, I think. Of Wasn't it uh, Timothy Zahn also? It was one of the Timothy Zahn novels, yeah, so... It seems like uh, the, you know. Is it a th- is it a throwback to that? Is it is it designed to recall that? That's an interesting question. It's possibly
0: the the style is going to be very different, and this is the novel that I'm looking forward to the most because this is taking place between uh, episode four and episode five, um, and and it starts right after the events in uh, A New Hope, but this novel is going to be narrated from the point of view of Luke Skywalker so this is going to be a first person story and another thing that is uh, exciting is that the audiobook is read by a voice lookalike and uh, I was browsing the news and I found actually a clip I'm trying to find it here again uh, where uh, the voice actor reads part of that story and I was like oh, I want to read that right now <laughs> Because it sounds
2: so... Actually, I don't want to read it. I want to listen to it. Because it was just really, really good. My room had a basic desk and chair. And I seated myself at it and placed the lightsaber on the desk. Emitter pointed away from me for safety. As before, I kept myself open to the force. But now, I tried to focus on the lightsaber and feel the force inherent in it. Closing my eyes, I explored the top of the hilt right below the emitter with my fingers, searching for any tactile clues. The surface retained that same strange slick feeling, but I detected nothing unusual at the top, or around the button, or dial, or even on the rest of the hilt. When I ran my finger fully around the base, however, clockwise and then counterclockwise, Eyes still closed and trying to feel the force, a snick announced the appearance of a fissure lengthwise down the hilt. After another soft click, the casing popped free, revealing yet another metal sheath, one that looked more like mine and had visible screws. R2 unscrewed them for me, and I was able to lift off one half of the sheath
0: That is so cool. (laughs) And apparently, uh, when Luke starts to uh, dismantle this lightsaber, he discovers that there are actually, um, I'm not sure about the technical term, but that there are crystals in there that can create several blades. So a lot of people are are saying, well, this might be in there to explain the hilted lightsaber that we see in the trailer for Star Wars 7.
1: I think they're called Kaibar Crystals, if I'm pronouncing it right. But uh, So uh, the books we've been discussing, um, the Star Wars A New Dawn, which is a prequel to the Rebels uh, series, came out last September.
0: <gasps> All uh, right. Tarkin I totally missed out. that.
1: Yeah. Tarkin is out as well. That came out um, last November. Um, and then uh, the Lords of the Sith is due out next month. Hmm, okay. I think that this is
0: kind of the disadvantage of living in Europe, where a lot of this stuff doesn't show on our, uh, up on our radars. It's not in the bookstores, and uh, you have to be really online and, and following the book part of, of the Star Wars universe. And I, I have to be honest, I've not been following those developments recently. And so the final one, of course, is, is going to be the most uh, interesting um, title, and that's Aftermath. Uh, Journey to the Force Awakens. Um, the description is, is the briefest of all the novels for obvious reasons. And it says the second Death Star is destroyed. The Emperor and his powerful enforcer Darth Vader are rumored to be dead. The Galactic Empire is in chaos. Across the galaxy some systems celebrate. <laughs> we remember that from the final scenes in uh, in Empire of course. Yep, yup. The Emperor, uh, while in others... Imperial factions tighten their grip. Optimism and fear reign side by side. And while the rebel alliance engages the fractured, fractured forces of the empire, a lone rebel scout uncovers a secret imperial meeting. This tells me a couple of things. And that is, uh, they are uh, stepping away a bit from from the established uh, canon of the expanded universe in saying that they seem to emphasize more that... that, that the victory on the second Death Star didn't mark the end of the Empire. The Empire is much more, uh, you know, is everywhere. And so it's obvious that there are certain factions that are trying to, you know, uphold the Empire. This is also part of the Thrawn trilogy a little bit. But it, it seemed to me that that in the expanded universe, um, the Empire got hit much more than in, you know, in, when I read this.
1: Collapsed way too quickly yeah. for the
0: rea- realism's sake. What I also like is that instead of focusing on, you know, new Sith lords or something like that, which is something that is uh, very much present in uh, in the expanded universe as we knew it, uh, this seems to focus more on on the Empire, you know, a secret imperial meeting. So it's it's going to be much more of a military reaction to uh, uh, to the victory of the rebels on the second Death Star, and that, of course, is is I think keeping the force aspect of this uh, it, it, it's kind of like like preserving that for the movies I mean the force awakens this movie seems to indicate that since the events in uh, in in uh, the return of the Jedi nobody talks about the force anymore
1: it, you know that the, was in the original movies that the, the idea of the Sith they were rare. They were like, they, in fact, they were at the beginning of Phantom Menace, they were thought to be extinct. So the idea in the, in the expanded universe novels of, you know, Sith popping up every once in a while, there was a joke about either it's, the, this book either has a Sith or a super weapon, you know, yes. a, a star analog or, you know, and, and I think in those books, they were trying to recapture the feel of the movies mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and as well, the the idea that the fans they wanted to see, we want to see what a new republic is like. We want to see Luke, uh, Leia, and Han get together and have a family. And and now I think there's a very different sensibility in the in the audience. I think they want the 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 movie going, book reading public out there is much more about a more realistic, grittier universe. Uh, like. I think Battlestar Galactica uh, ushered in. I think they really did that in the, in the reboot. Um, and so, you know, what does a, a grittier, more realistic, more politically complex Star Wars universe look like? Yeah, I mean, there are thousands probably of Death Star, um, Star Destroyers still out there you know with you know moths and tar- and governors and admirals and um there'll be uh warlords and fight for power and yeah there's going to be a power vacuum and that's going to be super interesting yeah and, and so you're going to see this this, this 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 all play out in these in this you know hopefully in this novel you'll see this sort of play out maybe the empire kind of gathers you know uh, Gathers its forces around a new figure that they put up as the new emperor, and um, maybe he's not a Sith lord, and maybe he's just a regular guy, a moth or somebody. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, the 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 on the cover of the book, it, it shows you know the Death Star exploding, but the next word it says the war is not over. I mean, that yeah. it's like most wars. Even mm-hmm. though you've you know you've you've fought a decisive battle, there are battles that still to come that could still ch- you know change not necessarily the outcome. Maybe they're doomed. To, 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 to fall apart, but it could change a lot of things. Uh, so that's that's what's an interesting idea of this. And, and what's really interesting is, is they're really placing this as um, something that sets the stage for The Force Awakens. So what is it that happens in this story that takes place 30 years ago that sets the stage for uh, this new... Uh, this new movie that'll be interesting are we going to see more novels before the
0: the release of episode 7 that will kind of try to bridge the gap because this is right after the events of return of the jedi there's still a lot of space open (laughs) or is this something that they are perhaps also kind of keeping safe for future franchises i don't know television series animated series
1: I don't, I don't see any, because like, I've been looking, and, and I don't see anything else, any other novels, other than the ones we've discussed, hmm. scheduled or released before uh, Force Awakens comes out. So it's this book comes out in September. Force Awakens is December. Now, there might be books that they've got planned for after that, but I think this is going to be the last of the novels uh, you know, in, in yeah. their, their timeline that come out before the movie. So this should be... This is going to kind of set the stage. This will be the last of of any, any of the non-movie content that's going to be available. Uh, I mean, Star Wars Rebels may uh, um, come back uh, in its second season before that, but it takes place even before, so I'm not sure yeah, that we'll have... Star Wars Rebels is not a
0: problem. They can continue to that, that series for a long time, I think. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they are just taking their time. And just rolling this out, they know everybody is going to buy this novel. Uh, at least the one that bridges the the the, the time between uh, um, uh, Return of the Jedi and, and The Force Awakens. So, yeah, I, they are certainly going to milk it. <laughs> and then, who knows, after 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that might be a time that they go back and create a Rebels, Star Wars Rebels type of uh, series about the... You know, in, in taking place in these many years between Return and and uh, the Force Awakens,
1: and we could have movies that take place in that time frame too. That too. Um, games. Let's not
0: forget about the video games that are currently already in development, um, and who knows where where those games will 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 take us. Um, a lot of them are going to be probably battle oriented. I just hope that they are going to bring those games to a different level of storytelling as well.
1: Yeah, that's the interesting thing has been about about Star Wars games is they they've they've contributed to the overall universe. They've always they've been con- I mean, in general they've been considered mm-hmm. to be part of the overall universe. You know, some of the the real time strategy games like uh, Battlefront and that sort of stuff. It, it, there's no real story to it, but no. but for, for things like you know the uh, Dark Jedi and yeah, uh, Dark Forces
0: and uh, Jedi Academy and. Uh, yeah, I think those two have been relegated now to uh, the expanded universe, like the the Legends uh, stuff. Right. But they we have. will see new games. And I, I, you can bet that now that Disney is involved, they want to also tighten their grip on, on those games and the storytelling involved there. If you want to build up a quality brand, then those games have to be really good. And in the past, it was more like, okay, well, we're not sure what George Lucas is going to do, so we'll just... Kind of take advantage of the hype around Star Wars and and we can put out any game and people will buy it. And that led to, unfortunately, a lot of terrible Star Wars games. You know what I would like to see? I would like to see a virtual reality Star Wars game where I can actually, like a, a, a sequel to uh, the TIE Fighter series or... Um, uh, tie fighter versus X wing, but then instead of playing this on a flat screen, I can be inside a cockpit of either a tie fighter or an X wing. If wow. if if they do that with the um, uh, the Rift or you know one of those other virtual reality helmets, then that that's going to be a system seller, at least to Star Wars fans.
1: A lot of those that that's I mean the people you know, just the uh, people have. J- Played a lot of flight simulator games, even even pretty bad ones, just for the ability to fly against other human beings. Uh, you know, uh, there was one a few years ago it was a multiplayer one called Warbirds, and it was a World mm. War 2 era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't great; <laughs> it really wasn't. But you know, as as a game, it's in mechanics, but the ability to fly, you know, with other human beings, not against the computer, but do it per- against an unpredictable person and then be able to do that in the Star Wars universe and an X-Wing. Oh my gosh. That's the, it's the Holy Grail. It's yes. you know, whatever you wanted. I'm not sure if they will
0: jump on the VR bandwagon right away because of course there's a lot uncertain, a lot of uncertainty, you know, who's going to um, lead the field there. Who's going to, what kind of software is going to be predominant? Are these systems going to be interchangeable or is it going to be, you know, the console war all over again? But uh, the opportunity is, is certainly there, and I think that um, any Star Wars fan, at least a male part of the Star Wars fandom, I'm not sure about the female one, but they w- they want to be in an X-wing fighter, and especially now that we know that we will see uh, the classic spaceships in in Star Wars 7 uh, as well. Yeah, there is there is so much opportunity there.
1: Or a VR Jedi, you know, where you can you have force powers of some, you know, somehow. I mean, I'm not sure how that the mechanics would work from a programming perspective, but you know, you could, a lightsaber battle and use force powers. I mean, that in a VR environment, yeah, from a person point of view. I mean, those the, those that's gaming. I mean, that would be. I'm I'm not much of a of a first person gamer anymore. Mm-hmm. I just, the time. I'd find time for that. (laughs) Yes,
0: well, or imagine, for instance, a a, a trade uh, like a more economic game. Um, Like uh, there is a a game out now, uh, Elite or Elite, sorry, and it's a remake of of a game uh, of of a very ancient past, and it's super uh, popular uh, among like diehard science fiction fans. And the only thing you do is like fly fly between planets and do trading. Um, I can totally see a version of that with smuggling or, you know, you fly the Millennium Falcon and you go to this planet to pick up this cargo and to smuggle this to that planet. <laughs> Just stuff like that. And in the meantime, you sometimes get into battles.
1: Avoid imperial blockades. <laughs> you know, spe- speaking of uh, flying TIE fighters, there was a, a short fan-made animated video. I don't know if you oh, saw Oh, it. it's awesome. It was uh, in, done in the style of the... 80s japanese anime mm-hmm. uh, not, not really anime but the japanese um uh, uh c- cartoons yes. that i saw as a kid um and it, uh, it's one guy did over four years um of a, a of imperial tie fighter pilot it was it was pretty amazing i have to say it's i was a
0: bit shocked that he, that he spent four years on creating it though <laughs> like oh my gosh this this Totally could have been something that came straight from the Disney Studios themselves, um, but it's it's uh, certainly uh, a tribute, I think, to um, to fans in general. It's going right. to be amazing. Well, one of the big events, of course, coming up very soon now is the Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. Um, this is going to be also, I think, the you could almost call it the this this starting point perhaps for the for the big uh, uh publicity yeah. the waves of publicity that will follow this convention uh leading up to to uh, episode 7 um JJ Abrams is going to be there a lot of the actors both new and old are going to be there uh, even the writers for this the next, for Star Wars Rogue One are going to be there they keep adding people this is going to be massive i have not heard numbers but i imagine that this is just going to be crazy. There's going to be tens of
1: thousands of Star Wars fans. And undoubtedly, there'll be a, a new trailer that will be available at this. I can't imagine that they would miss the opportunity to release a new trailer at the at the Star Wars celebration. Um, and so we'll have more non-spoilery goodness to talk about uh, in an episode. And uh, in, in So it'll be... Uh, it, I, I'm sure we'll get more details on other movies that they're planning as well. Uh, that'll be great to... To kind of you know to hear maybe some titles or some some basic, what is Rogue One? Is it is you know I mean yeah. that sounds like an X Wing movie. And in fact, we've got some confirmation that um, one of the actors from Force Awakens who plays a, a some kind of pilot, we see him in the in the trailer flying an X Wing low to the to, to, to some water. He's going to be in the this movie Rogue One. He's confirmed it. So oh wow, uh, what is his name? Um, Oliver. Oh, uh, I, 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 I've forgotten. Um.
0: There, are, there are some rumors about the plot, of course, which is also under wraps. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I'm not sure if I can mention them because I'm not sure if they're spoilers or not. But this is very broad strokes. So I'm just going to go ahead, if you, if you don't want to hear this, and just do la-la-la and, and cover your ears for, for uh, 20 seconds. But that it's going to be like a heist type of movie, uh, and it's going to be about the stealing the Death Star plans.
1: And I was like, oh, I want to see that story. That sounds awesome. That's interesting, although it, it, that might be diff- – I mean, if, if this Oscar Isaac is the, is the name, of the, the mm-hmm. actor who plays this character, Poe Dameron, if he's in the movie, I, I'm not sure how they would do that since it's that would be thirty odd years prior to to that. He'd he'd have to be playing a very young boy or a very old man yeah. uh, in *Force Awakens*. Yeah, so. that would
0: conflict. The, 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 um, if he is truly involved, it, it would seem that that it has to take place in a time frame much closer to Episode Seven, which I would find a
1: bit strange, though,
0: because it, it, wouldn't it dilute the 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 new lineup?
1: A well, new the thing I, I'm thinking of is, is maybe they're doing something a lot like they do with the Avengers, where they have um, standalone movies where the 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 uh, characters, the the you know individually go off and do do things, and then come back together again for a a uh, oh, ensemble. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then Avengers uh, one, two, and three could be like the trilogy, uh, like Star Wars trilogy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't.
0: Know, I don't know if they want to go there right away. I would say, just to strengthen the trilogy, you want to make it special. You don't want to show too much of that universe. I would. I would go back in time, definitely, and fill well, in I, the gaps I, of, of of you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that rumor you heard would be. Would make a great movie. Because one of the things lo- I love the idea of what the what the books do and what what the movies could do uh, is pick up threads, story threads, yeah. things that are you know, dropped here and there, and and build them and, and take them into something new. You know, so like that, you know, there there is all these little threads of story that that intersect with the main storyline throughout the history of Star Wars um, that could in themselves be a great story, and and that would be one.
0: Yeah. It's, it might also be very different in tone from the existing Star Wars movies. Uh, one indication that that this spinoff movie is going to be very different is that they have not contracted John Williams to write the score. Uh, instead, they went with... Uh, what's his name again? I think he's a Spanish composer. Um, and he recently got an award for... Pff, gosh, I forgot the details. I've been reading so much Star Wars news lately. <laughs> but... Um, so anyway, even even in in terms of music and music, of course is a very important part of uh, of Star Wars, um, it's gonna be it's gonna sound different. And I wonder if this is also a way for them to uh, lower the risks uh, by having to pay John Williams more and more and more. This is kind of what they did on Harry Potter' as. Well, they hired him for, I think two movies, and then they just used lots of other composers to uh, to do the music for the other Harry Potter movies
1: but it would be the first star wars movie without john williams as composer that would be
0: an yeah interesting. although of course we were kind of used to that with the clone wars and and rebels, star wars rebels sure. they they had all sorts of composers i'm not that i'm a big fan of uh, <laughs> of some of that music but uh, especially the, like the intro music eh, i don't know just clone feels, feels a bit cheap
1: very distinctive <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, um, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion and of course um, the the challenge for us is going to to find interesting ways to push this show into uh, um, you know into the future and come up with some compelling themes that we can both tie to uh, the past of Star Wars as well as to the future of Star Wars um, but I already have some ideas about fundamental themes that I I, I know are going to be part of, um, of of the future of Star Wars as well and uh, yeah let's just let's just try and see where we where we get this and of course uh, if listeners want to chime in and if they have some ideas on on how to improve this show and make it stand out from all the other amazing Star Wars podcasts I have to say that there are so many good shows out there Um we want to add to con- contribute to the Star Wars fandom instead of just duplicating what other people are doing. So if you have any ideas or, or themes that you want us to explore, definitely let us know. Uh, you can reach us via email, Wars at um, And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And where can people find you on, on Twitter and on Facebook?
1: So they can find me um, at BetNet. Uh, on b-e-t-t-n-e-t on Twitter and if they could just uh, uh, look for BetNet on Facebook I have a new uh, Facebook page for my uh, my uh, blog so uh, they can they can find me through that so B E T T N E T. excellent I'm Father Roderick on Twitter that's the easiest way and
0: then uh, I've got a Facebook profile as well Um, and that's my full name it's Roderick Von Hogan v-o-n-h-o-g-e-n but the links to our uh, uh, social media profiles uh, can be found on the website as well. And that website has been completely renewed. A new server, a new organization. It's on sqpn.com slash Star Wars. So it's very easy to remember. sqpn.com Star Wars. And if you want to support this show and many other shows, there are some affiliate links on SQPN. And you can also help me personally with uh, some of the future projects that I'm working on, both audio and video, by uh, becoming a patron on my Patreon page. And um, I also provide my patrons with uh, some exclusive perks some of which might be Star Wars related in the near future. So go check it out at patreon.com slash Father Again, that's patreon.com slash Father Thank you for listening. Thanks, Dom, for joining me today. And may the Force be with you.